I don't, I don't have any idea where Jason Pridmore went, but we're doing this podcast as I blow everybody out. Eight days at Chuck Walla Valley Raceway. Eight days, and you're finally back. Welcome nine. back to the real world. I think it was nine actually, days. yeah, I think I was gone nine days. So, nine days at Chuck Walla. You know what? It's funny because I was talking to Dale Kiefer about this a little bit. There was a time when, man, if you're out there for any more than four days, it was a grind. But it's not like that anymore. Uh, it's like, I think that you get so, you're so used to when you've been in the world I've been in as far as racetracks go for so many years that every racetrack starts a car track and then they let motorcycles in. And it's kind of the opposite at Chuckwalla. Not that we let cars in. Everybody's welcome. It's at Chuckwalla, it's a motorcycle track because so many people, there's so many motorcycle members. Um, I think it starts from the top, you know, Kevin's like a motorcycle guy. Um, and even though we have a great car fraternity of people out there, when you're out there for as long as we were and you see full week of bikes, Craig, never, the track was never quiet for, well, for nine days, 10 days. So, I mean, you've been there and it's, it just keeps evolving and getting better, you know, with all the garages and things there now and the people that we have out there, you know, people are cooking every day and everybody's welcome to come into whoever's garage and eat and, you know, we've got TVs going for football games and Supercross and everybody's in fantasy leagues. And so it's, <laughs> it's why it's wild out there now. It's, you can go there for nine days or so and just, just chill. It's just awesome. Yeah. I mean, when we started going there, God, how many years ago, how long has Chuck Wall oh, been open? 12 years. Over 11, 10 years. 12, yeah, 12 yeah, years? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had to drive all the way back to Indio every day, oh, back and forth. And I don't even know how I did it. You know, when you don't have a choice, and you, you at least used to stay at the casino, I would stay at some, I don't know, days in or some dump, you know, and you were just yeah. like dying to get out of there, and you'd have to get up at 5.30 in the morning to head out to the racetrack in order to be there by, you know, 7 and ready to go and stuff, and I mean, yeah, it's pretty great watching, like, those cabins are awesome, and people can rent them out, and Yeah, and everybody, everybody thinks, I mean, I'm sure some people think that, it's like a Chuck Walla commercial when I come on here, but I'm out there all the time. I mean, it's it is legitimately a second home, and the people I'm out there with, they're it's everybody's family to me, you know, out there. And so, um, and, and like this week, Greg, like every day, I was looking at my calendar before we came on, and I was thinking about my week out there, and every day was different. So, you know, I, I started out there on the weekend, and I had a group of students, and um. I had, I had one of Doug's friends, Pete, came all the way from Wisconsin, drove a Sprinter van from Wisconsin, was out there with us for two days. He's coming back in February, so he left his Sprinter there. And what a great guy, you know. So you had that on the weekend, and then Monday, Tuesday, had people. Wednesday, I get a call from, from Josh Hayes because him and Joe Roberts are going to come out. So they were in the garage with us all weekend, so I got to catch up with Joe and Josh. And, and it just, like, every day was something or somebody different you know i worked with tyler olmstead for a day which you know which is great because he's one of you know one of my guys um and it just was it was great and and the racing on the weekend was amazing the paddock was absolutely slammed and mm. you know um there was a lot of things and we'll probably talk about some of the results here in a minute but it was it was great and all the people that we were lucky enough to work with did really well so yeah, it's it's such a cool place to go, and we're out there in t-shirts and shorts. You know, 
when yeah, most, yeah. Of the country, most of the country isn't. <laughs> Snowed here yesterday in North Carolina, dude. Did it's it? Just, no way. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, it was a little bit of snow, more icy, sleety type stuff. And yep. where I live is right on the border. You know, I live a, like south of Raleigh, so I'm yep. right on the border of, uh, of that stuff. But it was a total mess. I mean, I think everything was pretty much shut down here yesterday. That could be. I walked out this uh, morning and it smelled like it had been raining here. So, you know, uh, but I love where you live. I mean, I, I, you know, you and I have had that discussion before that, you know, if I, if I really wanted to get out of California, which, um, you know, which a lot of people have done at your place, but your place just is blown up, you know, you're, yeah, it's really starting to, you're getting a lot of people there. Why are you still wearing that Jersey? Or that sweatshirt. I know you're going to say a true fan, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. The reason I'm wearing this sweatshirt is because my Tampa Bay Bucks 12 jersey hasn't arrived yet. Mm. So if you if you watch some stuff on the there internet, some guy's done some TikToks where he's sitting on the couch with his Patriots stuff on. Yeah. And then he just shakes his head. He gets up and he turns the light off, turns it back on. He's got a 12 Tom Brady oh. uh, Tampa Bay jersey. Are you going to so, wear I mean, that? I'm not going to lie, you, dude. Yeah. You're going to wear that? What? You're going to get a Tampa Bay jersey and wear it on here one day? No. No. Are you sure? Should we make a little bet that, like, it, I mean, it'd be better than wearing an Eagles jersey. Even I'd rather wear a Tom Brady jersey at this point. We got smoked, but we're not here to talk about football. This is the Greg's Garage Pod with co-host Jason Pridmore, presented <laughs> by Bike911.com. Yeah. And of course, the guy you're looking at there, if you're watching us on the YouTube, is the Jason Pridmore. I'm Greg. But uh, hey, listen, you know things happen in life. We understand that, and sometimes you need some legal advice, some assistance, some representation. Go check out bike911.com and uh, give our buddy Alex Asante a jingle. He's a motorcycle enthusiast just like you are. He's been on the racetrack. He's won a lot of races at the regional level. He's raced nationals before, so he understands what you're talking about. Go to bike911.com. And hey, everybody, you know, if uh, you want to support the channel, get involved with some of the stuff we're doing, it's patreon.com slash Greg's Garage TV. You can go on there and... If you want to donate some money to the podcast and help us out, any amount will do. And, of course, if you do that, then you get to be involved in our special uh, fantasy league with Jonathan Ray, the you know world superbike, multi-time world champ. We'll get to that in a second. But um, also, if you don't know, YouTube channel is Greg's Garage TV. So there is a Greg's Garage YouTube channel. It's not ours. It is Greg's Garage TV. So definitely go visit that. Now, Jay... Hey, when are we going to, first off, let's just get this out of the way. We got to get you back out here. Everybody wants to see you. Everybody needs to see you. But I think that what we should do is get Asante out with us too. Oh yeah. At the same time, that'd be great. It'd be so cool to have Alex come out. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah, Jay, you know what, man? Uh, I've kind of refocused on archery. You know, I obviously did great ride of the races uh, last year and that basically took a lot of time off the bow. You can't practice. You can't do well, as you know, from golf. And yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm going to be um, – I actually leave tomorrow morning bright and early for the AIM Expo in Vegas. Yep. And then I come home for a few days. Then I go to Lancaster, Pennsylvania for uh, an indoor archery tournament, a huge one, over 1,000 people shooting that one. I'll commentate and I'll shoot my bow. Then the couple days after I get back from Lancaster, I go straight out to Vegas again for the big Vegas shoot. And yeah, that's great. there's rumors that they're talking about the potential for 4,500 shooters that's at great. the South Point Hotel and Casino. Um, then I have a few weeks off and then, you know what, Jay, then we go, you know, a couple of weeks later, no, we're, we're at we're Daytona. Pinned. We're pinned. Yeah. We're at Daytona and we're going and, and then there are enough schedules. Like the way the schedule works is, is there, I can shoot three of four USA archery tournaments. 
So I'm going to try to make the USA Archery uh, Masters national team this year. So it's great. great. Yeah. No, I know uh, you've been and busy. And, and I know you've balance. been slammed, but can't forget us. I mean, we, we reignited your road racing career last year. And, <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe after after the Vegas tournament, I think I have a few weeks before Daytona. So if something works out in February, I, I'll probably just jump on a plane and head out there. You yeah. Know? Yeah, no, there's, and there's some... I think there's some news that's going to be coming out soon with some different teams and things. I mean, this weekend we got to see Michael Gilbert. Looks like he's going to be riding a GSX-R 1000 for the year this next year, um, uh, which was great. He was out there, picked up, was on the bike on Wednesday, and uh, and so he 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 saw the bike Wednesday. He's had a little bit of help, obviously, from Chris Ulrich with with uh, Team Hammer M4 guys. So he was out there racing. Um, and we saw Jarrett Nassani, the Altus team, was out there. Uh, Kayla was out there. Uh, Yaakov. Yaakov, she, nice. She's she is a sweetheart. Like she is so cool. Like you just, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, she's just such a good person. So um, Chad Lewin. Is anybody throwing like a six hundred under her yet, or is she just no, race, riding no. the? She's on the she's on the Altus uh, Junior Cup bike. Mm-hmm. So that's what she was on. And Chad Lewin was really fast this weekend on a six hundred. He ended up winning the shootout. Uh, for the uh, middleweight classes, but to be fair, he was in in a little bit of a league on his own. Even though Sam Lockoff was there, I don't know what level Sam's bike was. I don't know if it really mattered. Chad was doing forty sixes consistently on a six hundred, which was really fast. So got to got to give him real props. Uh, he he rode amazing. Uh, Liam Grant was out there on an M four bike. Thermiotis was out there. So we're get we're seeing more guys come. And in the big bike class, Michael did end up winning the shootout with. Uh, Debrino, Andy Debrino's riding amazing. Like that guy, I had a chance to talk to him some more this week, probably more than ever. He just rides solid, but man, he is on the back wheel of Michael the whole time. Dave Anthony led the shootout for a while, and mm. it was a great race between the three of them. They were all doing low forty fours the whole time. So I think that there's gonna there's gonna be more stuff coming out though, even going into February. Some of the stuff that I heard about possible showing people showing up. Uh, at CVMA in February, so you know it's good that we still got some racing going on. Cool, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, now let's get into our news presented by Arai. Uh, oh, you know what I should do? I should Play probably turn the volume up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why don't you do that? Yeah. Nice work, first timer. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's this new program that we're using. I, I, I have to manually turn the volume up and down. Mm. So that's that's on me. Great. So I hope you enjoyed that mess up. But hey. Did you know that Arai helmets are lined with an antimicrobial material? Yeah, I know it's true. The interior liner gives you odor resistance, dirt resistance, and the antimicrobials that you love so much. I love them. I love them. They're great. You say? So go check go check out AraiAmericas.com. Pick out what you like. Head down to your local dealer for fitment. And while you're there, you know you're going to fall in love with this helmet. Go ahead and grab yourself a new lid. Don't forget, people, Arai helmets come with adjustable liners foam padding inside so you can peel off five millimeter layers if the helmet's a little bit too snug so make sure you check out ariamericas.com for all that great information all right jason let me turn this music down and let's get into something because actually what i need to do is i need to pause the music and turn the volume up because i'm getting ready to do something hey all right, so there's you know just kind of some general stuff going on, but some good news for Mark Marquez fans. Mark got to ride an RC213VS 
So that's like the street version that came out a couple of years ago on the racetrack the other day. And things seem to be positive. And we were lucky enough to, well, I'm lucky enough to get a press release from HRC with the video. So here's what Mark had to say about his experience on the track. If you remember, Mark hasn't been on the track since October because he fell off his motocross bike and then has had some eye issues with some focus issues and things rattling around. So he finally gets back on a road race bike and here's what he had to say. Yeah, of course, uh, today I'm very happy. I'm very happy because uh, the feeling uh, what I have with a motocross bike, uh, you know, was important to confirm in a, in a GP circuit like uh, Portimao. We choose Portimao because, uh, uh, you know, top speed is around 300 uh, with the bike that I ride. Also, it's many uphills, uphills, downhills and, uh, and some change directions and, and yeah, it was important. And uh, we confirmed that uh, good feeling, so uh, this is something uh, that makes me very happy. And yeah, now next step is uh, I feel like I need more more time on the bike. I need uh, hours. I, I mean, uh, my precision was not uh, was not in a normal way. But uh, now we have time to ride with a different kind of bikes to to be to take more time to to adapt uh, my body now uh, to to racing style. And, and yeah, let's see, let's see, but uh, looking forward to, to go to Malaysia test. There you go. What do you think, Jay? Well, I'm sure Honda is pumped to know that he was back on a motocross bike, which, I mean, that's what these guys are doing. They're on motocross bikes all the time. And he confirmed that he is, this physical side of things was, was good, apparently, from the test that he did at Portimao. And Greg, really, there's not a more physical track. I don't know that those guys go to more than Portimao. So if he's feeling himself and he's feeling good, the other thing is... Um, you know the fact that his his vision isn't an issue. That's that's a big one, and and he definitely did sound positive. I just think that the longer you go where your body isn't a hundred percent, the more you get used to operating in that realm. It's very difficult to um, continue to keep you know pushing uphill all the time. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know he gets back and he can he can get going again the way he did. You know what's incredible is having Joe Roberts out there on Wednesday. I mean, Greg, he leaves on February 5th. It's right around the corner. And, yeah. and, and I mean, Doha's in March. So um, those guys, do, do they test at Sepang at the end of this month? Is it the end yeah, of this month? Yeah, they're going to Malaysia. Yeah, and that's and that's the biggest thing that people are talking about. So Mark can have input into the development of the motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And, I mean, and I mean, so the fact is, is, that, is that if he was able to go there and ride um, at Portimao, like I said, very physical place to ride, ride at. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, that sound bite you just played, you sound very upbeat, didn't he? That's one of the takeaways I had as well. Yeah. You know, is that he kind of sounds enthusiastic about getting back on the bike. And I think that's kind of the concern for a lot of people that are in the Mark Marquez camp is how is he going to be getting back on the bike? He's He's been dinged up now quite a few times in the last couple of years. And where's the motivation to keep going? Yeah. 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 No, I, I'm... Yeah, totally with you on that. And it's just gotten harder, hasn't it? And I think the fact that he's got to go out and fight eight Ducatis next year and <laughs> and all those things, it's just, um, you know, it's crazy. And while we're on the subject of MotoGP, you know what's really funny is... Your face? Th- since we're talking about this, thank you. Uh, the fact that it's weird. Nobody really talks about Fabio Quattararo right now. I'm hearing, when I was at the track this weekend, everyone's talking about Marquez coming back, the Ducatis... Even the thing that you talked about with Mir possibly moving uh, in 23. And all these things are going on. And nobody's talking about Quattararo. And I, I think it's 
I think it's just funny. You know, it's it's um, kind of yeah. Goes but, do to you, show. but do you think it's no fault of Quateraro's? I mean, because we know that Quart's Maybe. amazing. Yeah. I just think that no one's got confidence that Yamaha's going to fix their bike. I, and I couldn't agree with you more. But it, it's kind of a trend because after Mir won the championship, you know, two years ago, nobody talked about it. Yeah. And then now Quattro. It's almost like if Marquez isn't winning the championship, they'll find a reason to talk about him or anybody else anyways. Like, a lot of Bagnaya talk, you know, around the people that are in the paddock that are just fans. They come up and talk to me about a lot of different things. And, you know, um, they listen to the podcast and they hear us chatting about stuff. And it's it's really interesting because hardly any talk gets revolved around Quattro It's It's really weird. Yeah, I... It's almost like pe- people will bellyache about someone who dominates. Yep. And then when they're not dominating and someone else wins the championship, they're like, eh, all right. But on the other hand, you know, the, the thing about the Yamaha and thing about the Suzuki, if you if you watch those motorcycles go around a racetrack, how smooth Mir is, how smooth Quattararo is, it's, it's almost like there's nothing spectacular. When you see someone wrestling around a Ducati and the thing's moving around and doing its thing and you see Marquez going in, rear wheel in the air, sideways on the Honda. It's almost like a better show. It's almost more yeah. spectacular. And it's just, it's one of those weird deals, you know, I where... feel like, I feel like, I feel like once Marquez leaves, you're going to have to wait three years before people kind of like, I don't know how to explain myself. I, you know, Bagnaya, like right now, everyone's talking about Bagnaya and how it seems like he's already got a hand on the trophy already next year. And that's so far from the truth. And I think that once we find out Really, this first test, this first test. I mean, did you see where, I think it was, um, I can't remember who put it out, but this is a week ago I read it, where Vinales says he should have never left Suzuki. Like, like when that's the headline, what do you think Aprilia thinks when they read something like that? Like, oh, I should have never left Suzuki. Like, it just kind of, there's just so much other chat about so many other people. And I think that this first test in Sepang is going to be really, really crucial. Um for kind of the headlines as they move forward. And we really need Marquez healthy and motivated. That's what we need. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Uh, in other news, um, now that the December 31st deadline has passed and basically a lot of people have contracts on December 31st, we are finding out what riders are going to some new teams. I mean, GP was kind of decided. Everybody, you know, is known. But Lorenzo Baldessari, he's off to World Supersport on the Evans brother Yamaha now, Balda's been a MotoGP World Championship, Jay, since 2013. Crazy. When I looked up those stats, I was like, wow, I, I, I would have never guessed that. Moto3 in 2014, he went right to Moto2. In his career, he's got five wins. He's got 12 podiums. Um, what do you think about Balda going to World Supersport? It's a curious decision. Um, I know they had Odendahl last year. Uh, I don't know what happened between those two. I know Odendahl went off to World Endurance Championship. Um so yeah, it's a it's it's an interesting decision to me because Balda has had some real struggles in the last well two or three years, four years. There was a time, Greg, and I remember him so vividly when he was winning uh, Moto Two races, where I think he was kind of tagged as the next guy, right? And boy, he went on a bad run, a lot of crashing. Um, again, you know, is it team? Is it him? But Evans Brothers team always puts together a tremendously good package. We've seen Krumenacker win on that bike. Who won before Krumenacker, Greg? I can't remember now. Wasn't it um, Caracasulo? Maybe? Anyways. Uh, was, but he, yeah, did, was he, he went on, on the, Evans Brothers? I can't, yep. I can't remember, honestly. Uh, but I know I know Krumenacker did. And so we know that bike is pretty potent, and the team is really good. 
uh, capable of winning a world championship. Um, man, I think they're they're it's a coin flip right now when you choose a guy like like Baldessari. And I think next year World Supersport is going to be really really difficult. So um, you know it'll be interesting to see what goes on there. Now it looks like riders are back at it um, over the next couple of days. Nine MotoGP racers will be on street bikes riding around the Cartagena circuit. Guys like Pedro Acosta, Jorge Martin, uh, Zarco, Vinales, Fernandez, Xavi Vierge, Kinnett, Jamie Masia. Interesting trend, don't you think, Jason? Like the amount of, in the last couple of years, how we've seen riders kind of band together and say, okay, look, either we're going to leverage our relationships with these tracks and get a day, or we're going to have to all pitch in because training on a motocross bike or training on a flat track just doesn't seem to be enough. Man, I'm glad to hear you talk about this because I got into a big discussion about what I honestly felt going to like go-kart tracks and riding ovales or other forms of bikes, super motard. How many people really felt like that was a an essential thing? I, I got a very specific talk about it about four days ago. And because people are always saying to me, Jay, why don't you get more involved with like mini bike stuff? And to be fair, Greg, I just, I love it. For kids, I love it. I think... If, if you're a dad and you want to get your kid involved in road racing, the Ovali path is an amazing way to go because you start them young, you get them at go-kart tracks, and then there's a there's a you know there's a process of building through. Um, but when it comes to like current riders and racers jumping on mini bike tracks, I think that anytime you're on a motorcycle, Greg, is valuable. Anytime. You and I have had that discussion in the past. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that you need to be training on mini on go kart tracks to be successful. Um, you still look at what a lot of the top guys are doing. They're on motocross bikes, so they're getting a good physical workout. Plus, it's a different type of discipline, so there's a lot of bike handling skills with moto. Um, there are still a lot of guys like I could think of Ashton Yates, Brandon Posh. There's a lot of guys that still ride super motard, and I think that that's valuable. But I don't think that you have to get on small bikes. Now, the fact that you just read off that list of names that are going and riding street bikes at road race tracks, to me, that's much more valuable than going to, to mini bike tracks. Um, I think that the mini bike track thing is good for, you know, everything's coming at me a little quicker because everything's scaled down a little bit smaller and the speed that they go is, is great. So I still think it's good, but I don't know if it's as valuable as what these guys are seeing and actually going out and building, you know, production bikes and being able to go rip. Because I know Rins has been doing it a lot, hasn't he? I've seen a lot yeah, of his social seems media. Seems like it. Yeah, he's been on a he's been on a on a road race track a lot. So, I you know seeing that that this, that's what these guys are doing, I still think that that's the better way of going. I couldn't agree more. I mean, definitely, it you you've got to work with what you have, right? So if you only have a flat track, go flat. You know, it's it's agreed. A I'm not lot saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's no, bad. no, no. It's, yeah, yeah, right. But yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like if you have the resources to go take a street bike and go do these track days, or even you know, if you have exclusive to yourself, or you know, Jay, we've been in situations before where you could go to a track day organizer who's you know racing friendly and say, look, you know, for this particular track day coming up, can we do a Moto America only? Yeah, you know, like like speed or whatever. So yeah. and and get a session and um, you know. If it makes sense, sometimes they'll do that. So it's it's a matter of just working it out and making it work for you. And, and I agree, though. Ultimately, even if you're a MotoGP racer, if you get on a stock GSXR 1000 or a stock Pentagoli, it's going to be better 
in the long run for you because well, yeah. there's only so much speed, you know, sensitive to speed, you know, to keep your brain. It's the mechanics of it are important. You know, if you're if you're beating your lap time from the time before, confidence is important. There's so many factors. But ultimately, the closest thing you can get to what you're going to be doing. You know, I've said this before, Jay. Michael Jordan didn't practice the turnaround fadeaway jumper differently than he executed the turnaround fadeaway jumper in the game. Yeah. You know, it you you gotta practice what you're going to be doing or or try to get as close as you possibly can. Let me ask you this, Greg. Do you think that because I, I don't remember an off season where we've seen so many of these guys on road race bikes or on production based bikes at road race tracks. I don't remember seeing an off season like that. Do you think that it's because the technology in today's bikes has become so great? that they're almost relatable a little bit other than chassis-wise to a MotoGP bike. I'm talking the electronics on these bikes. You look at what even Jack Miller did going and racing in Australia. His Ducati Panigale obviously didn't have the exact same electronics. And and you saw what, what a guy like Wayne Maxwell did against Jack. Wayne had all the greatest, what he needed on his bike. Jack didn't, right? Um but do you think that's another reason why we're seeing these guys go out and do that more? Probably because the technology of today's production bikes are are that good. Now yeah, they can I think still have so. relatable, I think relatable so because, things. Yeah, I mean, you at least have traction control on these bikes. Yeah. You know, and you have all these other little little features that are involved. It's not as sophisticated as mm-hmm. MotoGP electronics. But yep. nonetheless, there are rider aids in place that say, hey, Listen, you can go to full lean angle and you can get on the gas and you can do these right. things and, and tires and all that kind of stuff. That That is the big deal. You yeah. know, what Jack Miller did was was really cool because he had to ride 100% stock electronics. And those are they're very limited because they're yeah. built for a general audience of people that don't have the skill level, that don't have the technical expertise to start to get into a table and start to mess around with things. So, but yeah, I mean, Jay, you've ridden a lot of modern bikes. I mean, yeah. There are some electronics on there. The BMWs, I think, is still using Bosch stuff, which is really high tech. You know, KTM used some of that stuff off road. You know, when I was riding bikes, I mean, I love the ZX10R. The Kawasaki stuff has been always, you know, for the street stuff, has been really, really good. I mean, Greg, I spent what? three days on an M1000 this week. How was that? BMW M1000? I did. Mm. It was good. Yeah, mm. it was amazing. Like, it was. It was a lot of fun. Um, Does that thing have electric suspension or no? No, I can't remember. No, okay. no. It, but the thing is, the thing is, is you just get on a modern thousand of anything these days. It's insane. So now I've ridden the Ducati V4R. I've ridden the Aprilia RS V4. Uh, I've ridden the M1000 now. The Cowie. Uh, it just all in like the last sort of year. I've ridden all these different bikes. It is a fun time, man, and that's why these, <laughs> and that's why these guys are out riding these bikes now because they can, they can go out, and I think that they can still experience a lot of things. You hear of like lap times and stuff that these guys do on production based bikes, um, and you know they claim that they're really, really stock, and a lot of them look like that. Um, but it's it's incredible. And what's funny is you see a kid like Michael get on this GSXR one thousand, and again, nobody really talks about the Suzuki, even though it's won the last two stock thousand championships here in America. And I followed him his first three laps on that bike that he'd ever ridden on the thing. I just followed him. And it just looks clean. It looks easy. It looks and and he talked to me about the differences between, you know, the Kawasaki and the Suzuki for him. And it's like they're all good. Like there's they're all good. They're all great. I mean, that's why mm-hmm. I think Stock Thousand, 
I think the Stock 1000 racing is going to be amazing in Moto America this year. But I th also think that's why World Superbike is so intriguing and so fun to watch because these bikes start off as pure production bikes and they're just all so good. So it just makes it that much more fun to, to watch them. Yeah, there's no yeah, question. And they've amazing. done a good a good balancing job. Now, um, since it is 2022, Alvaro yep. Bautista, who moves from Honda back to Ducati in World Superbike, has been quoted as saying that within the first two turns, the Ducati felt like it was like he was home. Um, he felt like he could ride the bike more of his natural way. Yep. And he did say, though, that the current bike is way better than the 2019 bike that he rode. So what are your thoughts on that, having experienced yourself? You know, I don't, I don't think many people realize that in the middle of you racing inline four-cylinders, when some stuff went a little sideways for your team back in 1998, I believe, right? Gosh, so you got sad that jump, you know that. You got to jump on a two-cylinder Ducati Superbike, yeah. and you were right up front. I mean, you were podium, I think, first race, right? First, yeah. second race, maybe? Yeah. So, I mean, you've done it before, you know, where... You've you've bounced from one bike to another as you are doing that you know right now with with street bikes. But so what what are your impressions when somebody like Bautista says that? I'm gonna tell you something. If you if we had been having this discussion had I not gone to World Superbike for two rounds this last year at the end of the year, mm -hmm. I probably would have been way more critical about it. Uh, but within the paddock, the respect level that but respect level that Batista has within the paddock of people that think he is going to kill it on this Ducati. It's pretty wild. When you start talking to people that say like, who's, you know, I'm not talking about other riders. I'm talking crews and personnel within the paddock. And you say like, who's going to be the guy that's going to be really tough next year. Batista's name is at the top. Always. Like everybody thinks that he is going to get on that bike and be extremely difficult to beat. Now being there and watching that guy ride, Greg, you and I talked. I think I even texted you when I was over there um, mm -hmm. you about about the fact that I, I couldn't believe how hard that guy rode. That guy rode hard. Like you could just visibly watch him on the Honda trying so hard. And I think on the Ducati, if it is if it is that much better than he thinks it was in 19, um, yeah, he's going to be difficult. But And I also think that what did he learn from 19? You know, that guy's hungry to win a championship. What did he learn? Yeah. He should have won the championship in 19, hands down. I think now he's got more than one guy to beat. You know, back then you had to beat Johnny Ray. And now he's got he's got a little bit of a list of guys. So it'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely will. All right, this next story is kind of a it's kind of a multi-part story here because uh according to GP1, Danilo Petrucci is on a list of riders taking part in a two-day test at Portimao, February 8th and 9th. Now Ducati is sending a full array of people to World Superbike, uh or Full array of people to work on the World Superbike, the World Supersport, and the reason Petrucci is there, allegedly, is to work on the Ducati for Moto America. Now, at the moment, of course, it's unannounced what Petrucci's going to be doing, if he's coming to Moto America or not. But in this test, riders are going to be there from Ducati that will include um, Bulga is going to be there. Wow. Caracasulo, uh, Ali Bayless. All right, now, if you don't know... Ducati sent a ton of people, I think like 14 people or 12 people or something flew over from Italy to Daytona a week ago or so, a week and a half, whatever it was, uh, to race the armor race at Daytona with Josh Aaron aboard the new you know, Ducati V2. Yep. And they were gathering a bunch of data because the critical point is, as we know from Moto America, Jay, 
is that the Pirellis that are those bikes are developed around are not the Dunlops that we race here in the United States. So they wanted to get some valuable information from Josh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And from what I understand, that test in February is going to be much the same. You know, Dunlop may be sending tires over there for them to test and all this kind of yep. stuff. But I've also heard the V2 developer at the Portimao test for the Moto America stuff is going to be is going to be Michele Piro. Yeah. So there's a lot of lot of stuff like you know kind of speculation going on as to this test, but I don't. I th- are you hearing this for the first time from me? I think I right? am. Yeah, and I'm sorry because I've been out of the loop for a week. Week. I mean, literally, I I haven't. No, even we just we just so haven't had is, a chance to is, talk. You know, so, it's great that yeah. you're you're bringing all this stuff up. So where's that test at, G Dub? That test in Port in Portimao. It's in Portimao. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. The eighth, and eighth I and ninth of February, so a couple it, weeks. And I didn't even know that Caracasulo is on a Ducati next year, so I didn't know that either. So um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's interesting. So um, yeah, and, and, and Piro's the guy. Piro's the guy that's got to test it because he's tested on every other thing. He does everything. <laughs> I mean, yeah. is that a dream job that he's got? Um, so I mean, when you look at Piro being able to ride and test and see what what tires, all that stuff, what's going to be manageable? Um, I mean, Greg, I was so out of the loop. I didn't even know that Arma had a race at Daytona in January. I just didn't even know until. Oh, yeah. um, I started seeing the fact that guys were down there. There was, I mean, there was a time when we used to do the December tire test. If you remember, we'd go to Daytona before Christmas and, and we'd be down there testing tires for the March race. Um, I and so, remember. Yeah. There's a nipple on the racetrack uh, that Ben Bostrom left at one of those tests one oh, time. Yeah, yeah, there's a few. I mean, the yeah. thing is, is that when you look at, when you look at that stuff, um, you know, Look, the Daytona 200 is going to have a different feel this year than it has had in quite some time. Um, you know, and it's just literally no disrespect for the last however many years that it's been a 600 race there. Um, and and I mean, it's been a 600 race since. I mean, what what was the last year that we went down there, Greg? I know that the Jordan team was there with Zemke. I remember Zemke winning a couple races in Superbike, but the Daytona 200 was still a 600 race, if you remember. So yeah. they had they had two superbike races and I'm and I'm I'm a little lost on the years right now but this year the 200 I think is going to take on a whole different thing with the the teams and the the people that it seems like are putting a lot of effort into I mean we know M4 is going to go Ducati is going to be there it looks like Attack is going to go there on some level I think that we're going to start to see a lot of different uh, people coming out of the woodworks over the course of the next three to four weeks. Um, mm-hmm. are we two months out? Are we seven weeks out from the Daytona 200? Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, when you days. when you think about it now, it it's going to go by fast, and there's going to be a number of people. Um, I think that we're going to see participating in that race, and who knows how many we're going to have from overseas coming over as well. I mean, it just doesn't know. Yes, it's going to be extremely fun to watch, and we'll be talking more about the Daytona 200 yeah. as we get closer to it. Because there's going to be a bunch of stuff that's going to be announced in and around the Daytona 200, that Moto America. I don't want to talk about it right now because literally, Jason, I don't know what I'm supposed to keep secret and what is public right now. So I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking to myself, yeah. well, okay, I better just kind of keep my mouth shut. But we'll get some things clarified. And so it's going to be exciting. But that's your yeah. news presented by Arai. Yeah, awesome. Well, you know, we missed a week this last week, and that was my fault. So eh, had, both it, of us. Yeah. In that time, we had Anaheim 1, Greg, which was the gigantic buildup. And, you know, all these different winners, it seems like. 
Barsha was going for a three-peat at the opener. But, man, Kenny Roxon came out and, and literally just smoked him. And, you know, when you sat there and you looked at it, when we were on with Wygant, we were talking about the big three. The big three are Roxon, Cooper Webb, and Eli Tomac. The guys that, you know, we go into Supercross thinking that there's going to be multiple different winners. Uh, and we'd hope that that is the case. Last year, there was only two other guys that won, Muscan and Barsha. Other than that, all three of them were were the other guys that we t- that we spoke of. Now Cooper Webb ended up finishing second that night at A one, and I think it was Barsha third. Correct. And it was a lot of controversy. I mean, it was <laughs> typical Supercross, a lot of bashing. Uh, Muscan got into into James Stewart, uh, James Stewart, Mookie, uh, Malcolm Stewart, and and you know it was it was typical A one, a lot of build up, a lot of drama. Um, Did you see afterwards? So. Malcolm's racing around and, you know, he gets into some stuff with, I think, Jason Anderson, whatever, whatever. Anyway, so Marvin comes up and just cleaned him out. Just cleaned, cleaned out his front wheel. And for like seventh or eighth place or something, yeah. No, no, no. It was for the podium. That was, that was, well, they no, were, they, they, they were saying that they could have got to the podium because there was some other stuff going on because the first three guys were kind of, they were kind of set. I, I could have sworn they were in third. Malcolm was in third place at the time. But I don't think anyway, so. there was a lot of... He, he got up to third, was back down anyway. Yeah. Did you see the, post, the post-race the um, conversation? They, they showed it. They showed some of it on the broadcast from Oakland. Did you see any of it, though? I didn't see it, but I saw that if it's the same thing you're talking about where, where Malcolm's having to go at scan about using his head and like yeah you, yeah yeah like, yeah, what yeah. Are we doing? why are you why are you taking me out like it was pretty Jay, you would love you would have loved it because first of all malcolm you know he's yelling through a helmet right but he's not right. really yelling at him like somebody sent me a clip and was like oh man you should and i watched it and i was like malcolm was actually keeping his head about him he was just like trying to be emphatic like what are you doing like, and yeah. the best part was is that Muscan was like just listening to him like hey sorry sorry and then you see marvin turn and you see Marvin's mechanic, and all of a sudden, as soon as M- Marvin's mechanic showed up, he starts barking back at Malcolm. And I started chuckling. I was like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, backup arrives. Now you're going to be all tough about it. Because yeah. in my yeah, view, totally. Malcolm is right. Malcolm's right. Like, what are you doing? And M- Marvin, when Marvin barked back, he was like, well, why'd you break? And I was like, because there was a corner there? Yeah. Like, like, I like Marv a lot. Um and I like Malcolm as well. And, I do too. Yeah. But I'm in that particular you. case, I was like, Malcolm's, Malcolm's right, dude. He's hundred percent Mar- right. Mar- Marvin just blew it. I mean, that the was thing ridiculous. is right is that is that this is the problem, and you can tell. And I don't know if this is, um, you know, there's a lot of things going on between um, the fact that some guys have left Alden Baker. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. some of the writers that aren't with Baker anymore might be going after the writers that are with Alden Baker. Yeah, that's kind of the stuff you kind of hear. Who knows if that, any of that any of that's crap. It's true. But and I got to listen to the Pulp show. I haven't listened to it for 2 weeks, so I I really missed Anaheim 1, <laughs> their show and the second. I got to um, listen this week just from This the, week's going to be great. Garrett Steinke stuff. Uh, but well, anyway, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. And 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 the thing is is that is that to win that championship, you've got to be consistent and you've got to be up front. You've got to get those handful of points. And, you know, when you see, I was shocked. I mean, Barsha and Anderson turned their little skirmish at A1 into like a, you know, team fried thing that Anderson has. Did mm-hmm. you see all that where? I did. Oh, yeah. He, Barsha said, bought, hey, the, no, bought the no, stuff and yeah. No hard feelings, but maybe, you, you know, I'm not going to make any money this week. So maybe you can buy some team fried stuff, which Barsha did and he wore it at the track walk. I saw that. That's good stuff. I think it's fun. Um, but to your point, I think that 
that Malcolm Stewart was emphatic about what he was saying, and he was making a lot of sense. It wasn't like he was going over there to punch Muskin out, although he probably would have liked to have. Mm. Mookie, Mookie looks looks thin. He looks. I mean, the guy was quickest at A1. And that's the thing I love about Supercross is that these guys, now we've had the two fastest qualifiers two weekends in a row. Neither one of them made the podium in the main event. So, you know, when you look at Mookie the first week, Tomac the second. So the season started off kind of where it was. But, Greg, I was pumped to see this last weekend at Oakland that we've already got kind of a new winner and a former champion in Jason Anderson. I think that that was the big talking point for the year is where's Jason Anderson? How's he going to do? How's he going to adapt coming from the Rockstar Husky team to this team? I think he is ready to you know be the guy that is the leader there. It's just so so sad to see AC the way he is. The kid just always hurt, and I just I don't know how he's going to get healthy. Obviously, he's got the speed, but he can't hang on. The fatigue in his shoulders too much. Um, but Jason Anderson smoked those guys this week and looked good doing it and rode clean and solid. And then, I mean, what about Plessinger? It, unreal seeing him second and Barsha's. The consistent is staying third. He's leading the points now, is he not, Greg? He is Marcia? leading the points. Yeah. Leading the so points. so yeah. on a on a three yeah. three, he's got forty two, and then Anderson off of a ten one has got thirty nine, tied okay. with Cooper Webb, who's so you know Webb is who gone. was really nowhere this last week. Was he seventh? No, and I picked him too to win. Yeah, he was Man. seventh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, even on the broadcast, you can see when they right before the main, they go to the RM Supercross Fantasy and say who who the majority of people picked to win that event. Yep. And it was Cooper. And Cooper has been a slow starter. I totally get it. But, you know, the fact he goes um, 2-7 so far and he's only a few points behind, it's it's better than some of the years he started. You know, and, and yeah. even even Aaron Plessinger, man. Plessinger oh, is... Is that his best result? Only, Plessinger's best result ever? In 450? It's gotta be. I'm it, pretty sure. It's gotta yeah, be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know maybe he's gotten a second before, but so he either tied it or... I know he's been on the box in 450. Yeah. But... It, you look at it and you just go, okay, you know what? You have what Plessinger is coming off a of Yamaha, I believe, right? Yep. So he's yep. on a new bike. K, uh, Kawasaki new bike for Anderson. Yep. You have Tomac on a new bike. Malcolm Stewart on a new bike, right? Like the only person in the in the top five that's been on their stuff is Barsha. So yep. Barsha gets to run the number one plate, uh, or sorry, the red number red, backing red, plate. Yep. 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 Yeah, which is which is great. So you'll see that. That's he's going to be. He's going to be, points. and I think he can be. He could be tough, but it's great that you know. It's good that he's up there. It's good that he backed up his podium with another podium, and it seemed like it was much cleaner race. I'll tell you the guy that's mystery to me, who I kind of picked as my guy this year, is kind of a dark horse. Chase guy's Sexton. got speed, man. You know it. I think that that guy at A one. I mean, the guy finished fourth after wadding himself two or three times. Um, and and at, at this race he goes out and he wins his heat race. But did you see the act? Did you see the where he barely missed Roxon's head in qualifying and practice? Yeah, I think he that, he, he tagged it a little bit. He did. Well, he hit the he hit the he hit the uh, the visor, didn't he? And I think the visor he hit the, I think yeah, he did. He, yeah. yeah. So I mean, the thing is scary is for that, both for both. Man, Actually, scary, if you look yeah. at it, you know, if you if you look at it when you're because this has happened to me before. When you're on the ground, you don't see it coming. You just right. feel you feel a little bit of a thing. Yep. So from Roxon's standpoint, it was kind of like, eh. But for Sexton, I'm sure he's going, uh oh. That you know? that was it was a foot from being ugly, you know. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that can really hurt you. And um, but again, Roxon had a really off night, probably due to that. Probably a little bit beat up. And this is what we talked about on the podcast with Wygant is 
man, to stay healthy in this series, it is, it's insane. In the 250s grade, Christian Craig looks like he's got it his own way this year in this class. Let's be fair. When I saw Colt Nichols go down at A1, we all knew it was bad. And mm-hmm. turns out, turns out he's got two broken arms. He had a puncture in, I believe, his, his left hip from where the foot peg got him. And I think he had some burns, too, because the bike sat on top of him um, on the exhaust side. And it sounded like he got some burns. He's going to be out for quite some time. I was really sad to see Jalik Swole also get hurt. Um, concussion. Now, when they said that on the broadcast this last week, I was actually a little bit relieved of that. I thought he broke his legs or something because it didn't look good. Um, And when they red flag a race, like they red flag that race that night that that happened, um, it didn't look good. But man, Christian Craig right now is literally the class of that field. There's nobody that can really, really has the speed or the consistency. It's his to win or lose, I think, even at, you know, two rounds in. So these guys head back to, I think, where do they come back to? Where do they go? San Diego this week or Anaheim? San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. So, um, you know, again, Supercross is on its way. I am going to, I'm going to Anaheim at the end of the month. Oh, you so, are. Oh, that's yeah, cool. yeah. I haven't been in a long time, so we'll talk about that as that time gets a little bit closer. But um, yeah, I'm gonna head to Anaheim at the end of the month, I think. And um, yeah, so it's fun though. Supercross is back, and of course, with that comes what fantasy. Which I really don't want to. I I don't want to talk about it. But I mean, we. we, I think we have to talk about it. How am I doing? Um, Yeah, I know you're not doing good. My entire fantasy luck since we started this podcast. I don't know three (laughs) years ago. Literally was in MotoGP in 2021 because I absolutely positively stink. To make matters worse, Jason. Yeah, I know. I know what you're going to say. I know. I know what you're going to say. Go on. Our boss Chuck Axlin, I know, is leading this. Is leading the Pulp MX Fantasy, Greg's Garage League, and he is. He's, I mean, he's, he's sixteen relentless. points up. He's sixteen points up, and I can't believe our phone's not blowing up every day, with just just destroying us. Like I know. I mean, he's leading it. I know three of the top five. I know three in the top five. So, MA fourteen is Chuck. He's leading it. PM one forty. Do you know that yep. person? I don't. Okay. Okay. Torpedo 40, in, uh, tie, they're tied at 500 points apiece. I don't know. Yeah. WFO Lee 14 and, and VR 146. In, you know those two. VR 146, is that? Oh, yeah. Is that Dougie? Is it that is. Dougie? Yeah. Oh, it's sad. And, and, the one, and WFO Lee 14, that's Andrew Lee. Oh, it so, is? Oh yeah. yeah, and then and then Nick uh, Nick Siling is next. It's sixth. He's he scored two hundred sixty three points this week. You're you're doing all right. You're in P thirty six. All right. So right now great. you're only you know seventy points out of the lead. Yep. Me on the other hand, I've got to go. Bus. You are on the struggle bus. Yeah, for the people that are got, in our league. So. I got Anthony right ahead of me. BJP forty three is ahead of me right now. So. Oh I'm yeah, coming, nice. Yeah, I'm coming after, and and then I'm putting all my eggs in that basket. Uncle Skip. Is Uncle 18th. Skips and yeah, he's doing well. He scored two hundred and seventy-three points. Yeesh. I, but Greg, you know what? Both weekends I've not had all my riders in, and I know you haven't either. Oh uh, man, that pile up in one in the heat race yep. two, I think, in two fifties killed me. You're but let's talk about let's go back to Supercross for a second because yep. we do have to mention. Speaking of pile up in fantasy, man, Garrett Steinke, thirty years old on Love a two stroke one twenty five, made the main event. Some people will say it's aided by the pileup, but I could care less. The pileup's a pileup is a pileup. The dude was being chased down for he was in the ninth, you know, position 
and he was being chased down, and he ended up, you know, going faster. But you, you, hey, dude, the fact he, that the guy didn't have to go to the LCQ to get in was great. Hundred percent. And, and, and he scored Tinky, two points. Jared Stinky's been racing arena cross for the last however many years, and he's kind of a blue collar guy. You know, he he shows up in his van and he goes and does these races. And and I know he had some support when he was doing arena cross. He's won arena cross races before, and man, the video that Chuck sent us. That what within an hour or two after the race? Well, yep. no, no. Initially, it was right after. It was right after right the after heat he, race. Well, but but yeah, but we didn't. Get, I didn't get the video till that night. Like yeah, after I the said it to you guys. I said it to you guys, but you guys didn't. You guys oh, didn't did watch. Chuck resent it. No, I sent it. I oh, sent it right as it okay. happened. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah, he's not. He's. Let's just say that Steinke's not a fan of Pulp MX. And, but you say that. But Mathis posted something about where he was. He was actually saying prior to Supercross season that he thought that Stanky could put the 125 in a main event. And I don't think it was JT. I don't think it was Jason Thomas that was saying that he couldn't, but there was somebody there next to Steve Mathis saying, nah, it ain't going to happen. But <laughs> yeah, Mathis, okay. was actually saying, Mathis was actually saying, I think he can do it. Well, so, it, And I want to know what the beef is, and I want that's why i got to listen to the Pulp MX show. Me too. It should too. be good. So anyway. So anyway, join us, uh, pulpmxfantasy.com, league slash Greg's Garage podcast. It is fun. And is. especially if you know some people that are doing it, it, yeah, you have to pick them each week and all that kind of stuff. But that's what makes it fun. Even if you miss, you know, and you're not going for the overall because the overall winner is going to win an Arai helmet, which if Chuck wins it, it's going to be hilarious. You know, like Is he going to get a Johnny Ray replica? <laughs> Hey, we got to have Chuck on the podcast, don't you think, before Moto America season starts? No, we do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, It'd be fun yeah. to have him on and, you know, see if we can like, get fired. Just see if we yeah. can get fired. Yeah, oh, yeah. Why not? Ask know. some good questions, get fired. Yeah. Can't, you know, rip on him about, hopefully, by, we got to get him, though, after he falls down the leaderboard and pulp a little bit. Yeah. Well, if that, ha- if that happens, I mean, right now he's got the magic touch. Yeah, you know, he was yeah. P2 after the first round, and that was bad enough, but anyway. Yeah. I'm with you. Whatever. All right. You know. Anyway, so you 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 can join our league, and you know we can sort it by uh, by each week, and we'll do that too, and talk about who won the week and where you are in the in the overall. So join us there. Um, And look, we have that. That's our public league. If you are part of our Patreon group, our supporters, then you can see once you once you're supporting us, you'll see a post in there that gets you involved in our Rocky Mountain ATV MC league. Uh, and Jonathan Ray, of course, multi-time, you know, world superbike champion. And what do they call that in Europe? A vice champion, the, you know, for 2021, yeah, right? The runner-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's playing with us. He's in the league. And I know I didn't How's check he the, doing? the league How's this he week. doing it? Well, Have the you? first week he stunk, dude. He was horrible. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny. Let's just. He's like, going to love hearing that. Well, you know what I mean? Let, but I don't know. I haven't checked it. Let's see. Um, in that little league that we have. I'm having a look at it too as you talk to me because I took a little bit of crap from, you know, our favorite little Norwegian. She was railing me about being in Norway and was ahead of us. She's like, I thought I stunk and, and, you know, she was ahead of us. By by the way, Steve English was leading after the first week. Was he really? He slid behind you to P7. So you're actually actually P6. Glenwood's number one. I am actually in 10th place. You're not doing and oh, JR sixty five's really, in JR sixty five's in fifteen. Dunk this week. She only got yeah. 
Yep, so she... I mean, she the only reason worse. I got any points was because I picked a wild card, which is 15th spot. I did the so. same. We both had mm-hmm. Anstey. Yeah. And in yep. the other league... In the other league, I'm... One, two, three... I'm fifth in yeah. that one, too. And you're yeah, seventh. Yeah. yeah. Is that Uncle Skip's league, right? Oh, the Uncle Skip's league. Yeah, I don't want to talk I'll, about that one. That's, Yo, that's, you're okay that's there. That's money well spent. Yeah, but, but, but see, this is what's so crazy. Chuck is nowhere in those groups. Hmm. He's nowhere. Well, you know, but anyways. Do you think do you think if Chuck wins the Greg's Garage Pod Fantasy League and he wins the Uriah helmet and he gets the Johnny Ray replica, mm-hmm. that Johnny would sign it for him? For those that don't know, Chuck is Johnny's manager. I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I don't Johnny, know. Johnny Johnny, if you want to chime in, because I know you listen to this pod well, you might not listen to this one because he doesn't probably doesn't have a drive to the airport. Right, uh, he's not to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have to go to the airport. I think till yeah. February. Um, but yeah, Johnny, if you're listening to this podcast for some unknown reason, go ahead and and send us a tweet or something and let us hey, know. Hey, the thing, the other thing it. too is Chuck ain't winning this league. It's two races in. We're giving him way too much hype right now. Way too hey, much. As Paul Carruthers says, right? Let's let's not have the banquet right now. That's right. We're not having the banquet now. We're not crowning anybody. No. Nope. So, anyways, all right. All right so what's anyway, coming up this week? Anything coming up this week? Uh, well, I'm going oh, to AIM Expo. I'm going to AIM Expo. Yeah, yeah. I'll be back Friday morning at like 5.30 in the morning, taking the okay. red eye back. So beyond that, um, I should be good to go next week. Other, I don't think there's anything that I know of that's going other other than Supercross, which, of course, I'm pumped that, that there is some racing going on. Well, yeah. That's, I'm, that's good. I am, I'm excited to be home for just a little bit. So I'm home now for I – got, I got a lot of work to do, actually, but I'm home. So I'll be home for four days and dude, five days, and then I drive to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, for, for a big archery tournament. Yeah, yeah, that's great, dude. That is yep. really, really good. It's gonna oh. be fun. But anyway, thanks everyone for checking out this podcast. Sorry, it's a week late. Obviously, pretty more likes playing on the racetrack. So oh, what are you I've gonna been, do? Been at the track. I rode for seven days. It's nice. It's good. I had a blast. It was a good time. Really? So, how, you, how are your thighs? Are they burning like herpes? Uh, I don't know. Can you tell me what that feels like? No. Give me a diagnosis. Huh? Huh? What? All right. Hey, everyone. Thanks always for listening to our podcast. Hope everyone has a great week. We'll see you next week. <laughs>